Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose. All right, this is episode 59 of Fatalist, a podcast devoted to the Supernatural series Lost Girl and all things sci-fi, supernatural, fantasy, and horror. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne. How you doing, man? Hey, Dave. What's shaking? Well, you know, one thing, uh, we haven't talked in a, quite a few episodes about what beverage we're consuming while we record, and, and tonight, the beverage of choice is Vicks NyQuil for me. <laughs> it is uh, just... Playing old air for me. I've, I've been doing shots all day, so uh, I'm ready to go. A- nice. Actually, I went with the day quill during the day. So, so are uh, we going to get some? Uh, some, you know, this is like so. We're on the uh, the night cool roller coaster here on this thing, huh? Oh man, I'm telling never know you, what you could say. I, I can't. I can't shake this thing. It's been like two weeks now. So. Uh. Uh, but anyway, uh, TV-wise, we've got a lot to watch, and my DVR is getting full, and I just haven't had time to watch everything. I did manage to see S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. Yeah, okay. And that was pretty pretty was good. A, yeah, it was pretty good. And uh, saw Arrow, and that was really good, I thought. I haven't seen Arrow yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, again, that's just, you know... It just keeps getting better and better, and and uh, you know I'm really digging it. Uh, I have been watching Intelligence, and you know I'm still liking it. Not not you know I really like uh, Josh Holloway, so I'm I'm not I'm not totally into it, but I'm going to keep going. I do like it. Have you okay. seen it? I have not yet. No. Oh, okay. I, I'm still on this big uh, being human rewatch kind of thing. Ah. Okay. And I, I knew there was no way I was going to get caught up. By the time uh, season four started, uh, but I, I gave it a, a try anyway. I made it through, uh, you know, season three, episode one. Okay. Now, and, did you uh, see Sleepy Hollow this week? I, I, I didn't. No, yet. I haven't. I I watched. I actually got caught up with uh, Revolution. Okay. And that's, Dude, you, that's you're about as it. behind as I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So as soon as I get, I'm, I'm figuring in the next couple of days I can knock out the rest of uh, season three of Being Human and I'll be caught up there because you know what happened last year is I had watched. I'd gone through and done my you know straight run through of Being Human seasons one and two, and then there was like this. Probably it wasn't like until like a couple months later that season three started. By the time it started, I'd like forgotten pretty much everything that had happened before. So you had to do a rewatch. Had to do a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's worth to- it, man. That show is awesome. I'm trying to think. It seems like there's one other show. I mean, obviously, Revolution. Um, uh, you know, I'm liking it. The, the numbers are are pretty good. Uh, you know, NBC doesn't have a lot of hit shows on its hands, so it, it may, you know, Revolution may survive to a season three simply because, you know, on Wednesday night it's it's doing okay. But but as a story, uh, I really think it's going in a good direction. Well, it's so much better than season one, you know. I mean, see, don't get me wrong. I like season one; it's good, but season two is is definitely much. I had a lot of problems with season one of Revolution, where it's one of the shows I, I liked it, but it wasn't like I I didn't love it. I don't know if I love it now, but it's certainly uh, I think it's uh, much more compelling than it was last season. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to Falling Skies, which obviously. Oh yeah, when know, does that start? Um, I believe in the summer. Okay, yeah, that is a summer show, right? 
But yeah, obviously, there are ties, you know, in the type of show it is to Revolution. Sure. So, but other than that, anything else? No, yeah, I didn't even get you know Supernatural started up again, and and I, I didn't see that yet. But I am going to uh, mention Supernatural at least briefly in our uh, in in today's uh, Project X, which those who watch Supernatural already know the uh, the tie in there with with this episode. So I'll let them just sit there and look smug at the if if you are a Supernatural fan and you're in a car or room full of people. Who aren't you can now? It's your chance to look smug and knowing, like, well, I know what he's going to talk about, but uh, you know, don't reveal it because then you won't be able to be smug and, and in the know anymore. All right. So, anything else you want to throw out there before we do a little bit of news? Not really, except okay. well, you know, I just can mention you know, <laughs> what's been going on in my house the last couple of days is my 11 year old son has found Greece, and uh, he's been playing nonstop summer nights. And you're the one that I want, and Grease Lightning, and uh, he even if he's not watching the movie, he gets on the computer and pulls those songs up on YouTube and watches them ad nauseum. No, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll admit, when I was a kid, I like pretty much probably everyone else in the country like was liked Grease, not liked the songs. Okay, well, everyone who was like eight years old at the time, probably okay. to us, it was like gold, you know, but. Um, but yeah, so uh, we got that going for us, or or not so much, I guess, depending on your point of view. All right. Well, anyway, why don't we jump into a little sci-fi news, and really just two items. And the first one, I'm not exactly sure what to make of it, but obviously Lost Girl started up in the U.S. on sci-fi, and the premiere episode of season four only brought in 948,000 viewers, so... You know, under a million, I guess the, the, the good thing, and, and I guess it's the same with Continuum, is that as long as they're doing well in Canada, and as long as Showcase is producing them and then selling them to sci-fi, you know, I think we're, you know, U.S. viewers are fairly safe. So, uh, you know, it's, I think it's those sci-fi produced shows that are really, uh, uh, you know, on, on tenuous footing. So, right. you know. Well, and, and, and some people might argue that, you know, the reason, one of the reasons the numbers are down is probably a lot of these people have already seen the episode. Yes, we've certainly discussed that before. All right. Now, the other thing, former Lost showrunner and producer Damon Lindelof is returning to television with HBO's new supernatural drama, The Leftovers. Now, in the years since Lost left the air, Lindelof's worked on films including Prometheus, uh, which you saw recently, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I got it from the library the other night and it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, which obviously we talked about on this podcast. World War Z, which we talked about on this podcast. But after he stumbled upon Tom Perota's 2011 novel, The Leftovers, he fell in love with the supernatural tale at the heart of the story. So the tale follows survivors left behind on Earth after a rapture-like event leads to 140 million people vanishing in the blink of an eye. Now, HBO is picking up this series, and they've already got a 10-episode order in, and, you know, they've, they've got some cast members that they've uh, released. Justin Thoreau, who I'm not familiar with, but uh, Liv Tyler, obviously we know from mm, the, sure. the Lord of the Rings movies, Amy Brenneman, who I know I know her from something, and, you, I, you know, I think I've heard of this guy, Christopher Eccleston. Oh yeah, I've, I've, yeah. He was in. Uh, he was in Twenty Eight Days Later. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Shallow Grave. Yeah, and we joke, because obviously he is the ninth doctor. Uh, yes, now, or yeah, <laughs> the tenth doctor, actually, right? Right. All right. Uh, Lindelof's explanation to Entertainment Weekly on why he's coming back to TV says, I was reading the New York Times book review, which is the way I pretend to read books. I read the reviews of the books, and then I articulately articulately pretend that I've read them. And Stephen King wrote a review of The Leftovers, which he described as the best episode of The Twilight Zone he had never, that had never been shot. I was a Parada fan. I read Little Children, Abstinence Teacher, and just on the premise alone, I was completely and totally engaged by this idea. I ran, got the book immediately, got maybe 50 pages in before I decided this should be a television show and I need to collaborate with Tom Parada. So here we are, and a lot of the fans were upset about Lost's ending, which obviously Lindelof had a hand in crafting. But regardless of whether this show is spectacular or spectacularly bad, it should be exciting. So, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I like Damon Lindelof and I like his work. So Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like Prometheus was was great. I, I can't believe it took me so long to, to see it. But uh, I, like Aliens is one of my absolute all-time, you know, just as far as like a thriller, heart-pumping type movie, Aliens is kind of up there. And uh, Prometheus was much like that. It reminded me of Aliens in a lot of ways. So, All right. Well, yep. that, that's all I got for the news. So uh, what do you got for us in Project X tonight? Okay, a couple of things. Well, I'm not going to keep my Supernatural fans waiting too long, but let's start off with The Leviathan. Um, which is when Bo uh, falls down, she or she purposely uh, kind of does the nesty plunge into the uh, Fey grave and is dragged down to uh, by the Leviathan, where she meets down there. Now, now you watched Farscape, right? Uh, yes. Isn't the ship a Leviathan? Yes. Okay. Right. Right. I knew I, there was somewhere else I heard, and that's it, like Farscape. Okay. Uh, and so basically, the Leviathan is just a big biblical, like a sea monster. Um, and was, you know, just in a, a bunch of, uh, religious traditions, but obviously we're focused kind of Judaism and Christianity, um, is, is really kind of the big ones where it's seen. And, uh, in some parts it's like, you know, a, it's, it's usually something that's kind of been cast out and everything and often has demonic type elements to it, but it's never like, you know, a warm, fuzzy cut. See, like the Leviathan in, in Farscape is like, not that right leviathan's a nurturing place right the ship right and uh not so much the mythical leviathan um and you know back in the day like probably what it was you know they saw whales like guys in boats saw a whale and like oh my god it's a leviathan we're gonna die you know just because they freaked out because they've never seen anything that big before and everything so the time with uh, Supernatural is it was what are we on season nine now season seven the uh, the the big baddies were leviathans also and they were also called chompers um, and they were uh, you know like they would kind of open their mouths and they'd have like these sets of nasty teeth inside their 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 human jaws like because they were just wearing like human skin as a disguise and inside there were these. Um, nasty creatures that could do all kinds of nasty things. So, uh, but uh, and and I think I said before that their their leader's name was Dick, which you know gave 
um, multiple joke opportunities throughout. To, you know, so we got to really, you know, get that dick and, you know, <laughs> things, things of that nature. Most of those lines were uh, given to Dean, I believe. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, you know, they were also, you know, like again, demonic type, nasty creatures. So that's Leviathan there. Now there's a lot, a lot in this episode with crows. Obviously we have start off with our two boys, uh, Hugin and Munin, Munin. And they are actually a thing. I was just looking up crows, like mythological crows, and I found Hugin and Munin. And I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Those, those are the names of, you know, specific crows then. Yes. And, and plus, I just, I just said I wasn't expecting that. Right? Munich, uh, he says it like three times in the episode. <sighs> Work with me, Dave, here. All okay. right. <laughs> anyway, so... So here now you're gonna you're you you ready to have your mind just thrown into a world, Dave? I am indeed. Okay. So Hugo and Moon were a pair of twin crows. They're messengers for you wanna guess? Uh the Wanderer. Yeah. You remember who we the theory of the, who the Wanderer is? Uh Bo's father. But, no, I mean but like what mythological Oh, I don't know character. There had been discussion at the end of season three that he was Odin. Remember? Oh, that's that? right. Yes. And so here, this is going to give a little bit of credence because Hugin and Munin were Odin's messenger birds, basically. Oh, okay. So I saw that. I was like, don't. I was like, no way. Um, yeah. You know, I remember Odin as the wanderer and everything. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, that was pretty. Wild, I thought so. Uh, crows obviously are a you know symbol of death, and you know that might be just because they're kind of you know they like feed on corpses a little bit there. Um, but uh, you know, they're like ravens are they, they remember the family Corvus, so ravens and magpies and jackdaws and all kinds of uh, you know blackbirds are in this same family. And they all have kind of the, the same implications of being like kind of oftentimes harbingers of, of death, you know, often associated with, with death. They're certainly not the nice, common, fuzzy birds that you keep in the cage or anything like that. And uh, if you ever like seen an actual raven, they are, you know, quite, quite ugly birds. Hey, 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 no, well, come I'm on. Not, but, you know, great football team, obviously. But, well, uh, yeah, but, but I mean, you know, they usually have a, a, a raven on the sideline. Yeah, you know, it some- is horrendous looking well, i don't know but i, I think it's oh. pretty imposing the, in yes a, in imposing, a good way sure yeah yeah well i mean that's why it's such a, a great like symbol for uh you know a team because they are you know frightening and scary looking and everything um there was i actually found something like in auburn new york which is like out in central new york there's like twenty five thousand to fifty thousand crows that have, have, are like hanging out there since 1993 wow in in 2003 they actually tried to get rid of them by hunting and it didn't work wow i don't know how you hunt that many crows but yeah 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 but i mean you know so that's crazy um i actually went to college with a guy who's from auburn but uh it was you know before 93 so he knew nothing of this um, the next thing, which again also ties in with crows, is that little rhyme that they say as the crows are sh- uh, showing up. Uh, I can't remember exactly how it went. It was like one is for sorrow, two is for mirth, 
Oh, uh, and, and Bo seemed to to know the rhyme. Right. Well, it's a it's a nursery rhyme. Oh, okay. I, I kind of had heard it before, I think, but I didn't really know it. I just knew that it was some kind of nursery rhyme. <clears throat> so there's a lot of different versions of it. For this particular one, I actually didn't go much further than Wikipedia in, in finding a, a version that was actually published um, in this uh, M.A. Denham's Proverbs and Popular Sayings of the Seasons in 1846. So it goes, one for sorrow, two for mirth, three for a wedding, four for birth, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret not to be told, eight for heaven, nine for hell, and ten for the devil's own self. Okay, so they left out part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, but you know, a couple things there is. I guess it's like a, a, a. I don't know if you remember this band, the Counting Crows type thing. Sure, uh, but like the things you're counting, the one, two, you're, you're they're counting crows in the apparently in the, uh, um, in the rhyme, and then there's that thing of, of getting to the end, and you know the devil, which they actually in the show as well. They mentioned. Yeah, they hit uh, all the salient well. ones, right. Um, and so, it, you know, again, goes with this idea of, of uh, Rainer being just like a really, obviously, really super bad guy, though, you know, I, I guess. Or is probably, he? Well, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, still. You know, well, I mean, we'll talk about that. You don't have people calling you like, you know, basically evil epitomized for uh, you know, being, being a sweetheart. But you're right, because we don't know, you know. And, and, and we think we're going to get a very imposing kind of guy for rainer and it's you know it's henry instead so but i i digress last thing i want to mention is crows in popular culture um so number one and it's not crows but from the family corvus is our favorite football team the ravens the night's watch in the game of thrones the wildlings refer to them as crows and uh because obviously they wear black but also to the wildlings they they bring death with them right right yeah. So that's it. And the last one, I don't know if you remember this, but what short live television show featured prominently as part of their plot, Crows? Do you remember from I, 2009? I don't. Yeah, you remember a little show called Flash Forward? Oh, you're right. Gosh. Yeah. You remember all the, the crows in Flash Forward? Because Flash Forward, there's the, the global blackout. Everyone on the planet blacks out and, and sees themselves. What was it? Uh, well, for like a hundred some days in the future, I can't remember how how many days in the future, it right? Was. Um, and then when they wake up, like crows had just dropped out of the sky, dropped dead and out of the sky. I can't remember exactly. I remember it was oh because they were like the place it was in like Somalia, right? They were transmitting something. That's what right, I can't remember. Right. They had those towers, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah the right. towers and everything. So, oh well. But again, uh, you know, as still as as symbols of of death there and everything. Um, and so I think that is really. Let me just check real quick. Uh, yep, that's it. Yeah, right, well, that's a lot, of, like a lot of good stuff tonight. Yeah, yeah. There, there was there's a nice, healthy crop of stuff that had uh, findable informa- information on the internet. All right. Well, why don't we fast forward to episode nine, season four, Destiny's Child, and we got yeah. the Steves tonight, right? The Steves, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to sing like a lot of people say. Oh, this is, yeah. Here we go. Wayne's going to sing, but you know, Destiny's Child was kind of like, I wasn't, that wasn't my, th- you know, I wasn't listening to really like pop music so much necessarily in the '90s. I was, you know, I was like more into grunge. So Destiny's yeah. Child wasn't. So sorry, those of you who were maybe anticipating that. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, Steve Cochran wrote the episode. Steve DeMarco directed it. Now, opening scene, uh, 
wasn't a real long one this week. We're on the death train. Somebody's welding something as the camera pulls out. And, and obviously we, we learn that, you know, this is Rainer. But did you notice the crown on the floor? I, I did. And these, a lot of things I noticed like the second time around, like the, the train's falling apart. Yeah. Like he's welding, he's trying to patch it up as it's basically falling apart around him. And both Hugin and Munin uh, referred to uh, him as like decaying or something like that. So Right. Now, now that resembled Trick's crown as I saw it. The, the one that he's wearing in the flashback later. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. So, you know. Um, and then despite the protestations of Trick and Kenzie and the support of Dyson and Lauren, Bo opens the bottle and... I'll go ahead and say it because your wife never does. You you were right. I know. There was another time I actually pumped my fist in the air saying, yes, I knew it. Yep. yep. <laughs> Though, so we, uh, I, I was slightly off in, in saying that it was the Wanderer in there because I guess we, I had always assumed that the Wanderer was the black smoke, right? Well, pretty damn close. So we'll, yeah. give, we'll give you a point for it. Yeah. You got to give me the point for that yeah. one, man. I think I nailed that mother. Yep. So, uh, you know, she opens the bottle, black smoke. And because as she says, the not knowing is killing her and out pops this guy, friend or foe. And he's got a great line where he says, well, by the looks of you all, I'd say you were expecting foe. And then we go to commercial. So, you know, we, we basically got, uh, you know, certainly the storyline with, you know, Bo and, and Hugen and Munin. Uh, then we've got, you know, trick, trying to recover his memories. And then we've got, you know, Kenzie and Tamson just uh, playing with fire as Kenzie is wont to do. Um, so I don't know. Why, why don't we start with uh, Hugen and Mugenen? Hugen and Munion, humble servants of the Wanderer. You know, now they do mention he's our father, but then they say he's father to many. So we're not exactly sure. Do they mean literally father? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, we we start to see now that this term "father" could be a definitely a more figurative rather than a biological term that they're using here. Right, because we would think if it was biological, does that mean the wanderer is a crow also? Right. So, right. You know. But if if he's Odin, like Odin was, like right, the creator of all. Like, is it? I don't. I can't remember the the the, the Norse myth, but he's like the. I, you know, I mean, the father of the gods, certainly. Um, so is this guy somehow kind of like some, the you know, the, the progenitor of all the fae or something? I yeah, don't I, I don't know. Well, we, but we do find out that, that, you know, he tells Bo that he and Brother Munin are the ones that took her from the doll that time to the train. Now, Hugin also knows Trix the Blood King which, you know, we talked about that, uh, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before about, you know, who exactly knows that... that Basically everybody. Well, that's what I would think, yeah. (laughs) So I'm not sure what the big secret is. But uh, anyway, he's conning Bo, and, uh, you know, she goes with him despite, you know, the protestations, as we said, of uh, Trick. And, you know, in this case, Trick was right, I guess. Yeah, for for the most part, but she knows right. Or I mean, she, she doesn't go because she trusts Hugin. She goes because she needs to go, and he's her way. And so, whether he's going to try and double cross or not, like I, I, she probably figures, 
I can deal with this guy. I'm not right. worried about him. Right. Know? Now, he wants to get back on the train also, right? He does not. He says oh, he right. does. Oh, right. right. He's right. And he says, as soon as I get you there, I'm, I'm leaving. Right. Yeah. Right. Both the brothers are, are very loath to get onto the train. Yeah. Now, I, I really like the scene, and, and we've been talking about this for about the last two or three episodes, another great scene between Dyson and Lauren, right? They're gearing up to go help Bo. Uh, Dyson's got his, his, his gun, and Lauren's got her science, you know, yeah. op- opens her lab coat, you know, got the, uh, you know, the syringe is ready to go, and Dyson tells her, you know, I'd feel better if you had a knife, which he gives her, and-, yeah. and you know, I, I, I like that scene. And then he tells her he doesn't know if he could choose. And we presume he means between him and Lauren. And she says, no, I could. And yeah. smiles as, he, you know, right. as does he. So, yeah. uh, you know, nice scene, I thought. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked a lot about this new relationship. And I think it's it's great. And I really like those two together now. And, you know, like Bo called them, I think last episode, she called them the Wonder Twins. You know? Yeah. And it's it's funny because it's it's kind of like true. You know, yeah, they are like a little team now. Yeah. Uh, because Bo's kind of not around. And so Dyson's and Tamsin's really not around. So, you know, Dyson's now is teamed up with uh, Lauren and it's working out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, we see Bo and Hugan emerge in the Fay burial ground, which I thought was kind of a nice touch. And he says something about that crows find it homey. Um, <laughs> but we find out, uh, obviously, she's led into this trap. You know, the whole story about an unfaithful wife turns out to be a lie. I guess one of my questions, okay, so the black smoke, is that something that is, you know, special to crows? I mean, we don't know, but. It appears because, like, when the all the crows are appearing, or I guess changing from crows into human form or fae form, whatever, uh, we see that black smoke. Okay, no, right now, the other problem, Hugan tells us he was banished to the jar by the wanderer, and now hates mm, the wanderer. I thought did did he not say his brother put him in there? I thought um, his brother and wife put him in there. That, or that so he claimed. So maybe not. Okay, I could be wrong. I'll, I'll but, trust you on this one, actually. Right, um, to avoid being murdered by the murder of crows. Pretty slick there, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bo falls into a grave and ends up in hell with the Leviathan, as you you know uh, explained right. to us in Project X. And then we go through the both brown and blue, strong and yet gentle, virtuous yet lustful. Yeah. But and, at this point, I, I feel the need to because um, – you know, Bo goes down into the underworld there. So, you know, the uh, the Leviathan sees the mark and she goes, I want it. I need it. And I'm like, oh, wait, she totally sounds like Gollum. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Lord good, of the Rings. Good call. Right? Yeah. And then right after that, they start riddling. And I'm like, no way. I'm like, that is awesome. You know, it's just like, uh, and and the way that, that Bo tricks the leviathan is is like the same way that that bilbo uh tricks uh gollum in the hobbit where you know they ask a question that it's not really a riddle at all right you know it's a question that really can't be answered you know she says like basically who do i love and and bilbo says what's in my pocket you know, yeah. it's like that's like dude that's not a riddle yeah that's cheating and, and, and you know i mean really you know i don't want to say it's the first time but 
it was good to see Bo win with her brain rather than her, you know, her fighting sure. skills or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really liked that scene. It was, it was a cool scene. And, uh, the, the lady who played the Leviathan was, was awesome because she's, you know, it, yeah, she's supposed to be menacing, but she's also funny too, yeah. you know? And, and I think she really did a great job with that. Yeah. So, uh, so she's re- like you said, she's really interested in the mark and, you know, we find that that nobody has ever left the underworld. So, you know, you mentioned the game of riddles, the game of riddles is proposed, I am black as night and as bright as day, as cold as March and as warm as May. What am I? And then Bo looks in that puddle, right, and and sees smoke. Right. So what's up with that? Little, I think it seems like a little little uh, phone a friend. Was yeah, it, yeah. You know? so, so I mean, is that the Wanderer? Uh, possibly. I mean, I, I mean, something caused that to happen and then gave right. her the idea. Now how she went from black smoke to fog, I'm not sure, but regardless she did. Yeah. And starts calling Bo princess, which Bo doesn't like. And yeah. Bo calls her Levi, which she doesn't like. So <laughs> was, you know, that was kind of, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but Bo's riddle, I thought was just like you said, I mean, it was clever, but the way she worded it, she's brilliant. He's strong. Her life is little, his life is long. Both loves are pure, both loves are true. If you were I, who would you choose? And I loved, loved, loved the way the Leviathan vacillated back and forth. Yeah. Well, you know, again, just exactly like Gollum in The Hobbit. You know, like he, you know, like, you know, really beats himself up trying to come up with the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bo even says, you know, I was hoping you'd give me an answer (laughs) because I don't know. Fooled you. Yeah. 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 So, which, I mean, honestly, how the Leviathan let her skate away with that one, because it's clearly, you know, outside the rules of, of, of a riddling contest, you know, like she didn't even know the answer to a riddle. Like that's not right. Yeah. But again, then is she really letting her skate? I mean, she does tell her, you know that's fine. You won this round, yeah. But we're gonna You'll meet again. Be back exactly because He'll somebody be you love will soon be dead. Okay, so should we make predictions now? Well, well, okay. No, or should, should we, we wait? You well, we wait got we got Dyson, Lauren, yeah, Trick, well, Kenzie. Sure. I mean, anybody else? Tamsin. Does she love Tamsin? Tamsin loves her. Right. I'm not sure. I would say Bo loves Tamsin. Right. That was just naming characters. Okay, yeah. But I mean, is there anybody I'm forgetting? Uh, herself, I guess, kind of. Okay. So predictions. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be pretty huge. Yeah. Although if they died, they would probably come back. Yeah. Which I I would hate. There's going to (laughs) be, or maybe not. Yeah. Maybe they're, they're going to take that step and, and start, uh, you know, you know, knocking off some of these characters, but, I am almost of the opinion that we can eliminate the humans, I think, because yeah. it's kind of like a fake thing, right? Yeah. So, though, Kenzie was my first thought, but upon further reflection, you know, I thought, well, wait, this is like a whole fake thing, and she's a human, so I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, out of Dyson, Trick, and, well, just Dyson and Trick, really, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It could be either of those guys, because they both are... 
willing to sacrifice themselves for her, uh, I am going to go with Trick. Yeah, I so. think I would do. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, speaking of Trick, while all this is going on, you know, with Bo and the Crow Brothers, um, you know, Trick. First of all, he's, he's kind of he's kind of adamant about not helping, saying he doesn't have time. Eventually, telling them he doesn't have time to explain himself to a human and a low life. Meaning, yeah, that was not nice at all. Yeah, meaning Tamsin and Kenzie decides they should start snooping around Trick's place. So Tamsin finds the book that's blank. Kenzie recognizes it right as the book in which Trick wrote in his yeah. blood to rewrite the, the future the, with the Garuda. Yeah. All right. So uh, at some point, it becomes a good idea to find Trick's blood that he's hidden. And let's write in the book. Yeah, it's just kind of like a, a bunch of bad ideas. Oh my! So, uh, but, you know, yeah, what do you think about like all all uh, of Tamsin's ideas? <laughs> so, you well, know, like Kenzie, like there's only one thing left to do: uh, take a dump in his bed. Oh god! <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and at least Kenzie had the appropriate response, which was "ew." Yeah. Yeah, and then, well, then later, you know, she's like, with the book, you know, this is what we have to do. She's like, what do you mean? Draw weird dicks in here? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and that's the other Classic, cool thing. Is that even though Tamsin physically is back to, you know, uh, what she was, obviously, emotionally, intellectually, she's still growing. Right, very. Or at least we would hope she's still growing. behavior from, from Tamsin. Um, all right, so Trick goes to see Dao Ming. And apparently wants to see her sister. And so, so what are they? They're like Faye that can. Yeah, we her her sister was in uh, a previous episode, right? That forces somebody to tell the truth. Yeah, a Ludwan. Yes, and um, that was from a Baromet's trick pressure. We saw uh, her sister. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, well, her sister can't. I have it in my. I wrote it in my notes. Somewhere. Okay. Well, the, her her sister's already got a job, right? She's working for Facebook now. And yeah. uh, he's looking for a memory that's been blocked by someone very powerful. And then he finally figures out that that person is himself, that he deliberately had this memory blocked. Um, so we go through it. So, you know, we don't have a riddle this time, but it's another deal, right? That he gives his blood oath. He'll answer any question Ming asks him in return for her helping him unblock the memories, which he thinks is going to somehow ensure Bo's safety. Right, which is, you know, kind of like the deal he made with her sister, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, he answers a lot more than one question. Yes. Um, but we we get a lot of backstory. Wai Lin. Yeah, okay. Wai Lin, Wai Lin. Right. So we get a lot of backstory, and, you know, we find out that, you know, and we're starting to get this idea that Trick is not the good guy. I mean, maybe he is, maybe, but but he's got a dark past. He has a extremely dark past, which we, I mean, we kind of, we kind of knew. Right. We just never really saw him as the bad guy because when we saw him in, um, was it Paramount's Trick Pressure? When we see him in the past when he, no, because season one, when we, anyway, anytime that you've had a flashback and you see him is kind of like from his perspective. So we don't really see him as, as the bad guy, we see him as like maybe having to make tortured, difficult decisions, but not the straight up evil, nasty guy that he clearly is in, in the flashbacks here. Right. Well, she finally forces him to admit the truth that he loves himself above all others, that he's led millions to their death, although he tries to justify it by saying that, well, it would have been more. Right. Um, Which is what 
any tyrant says. Right, right? exactly, exactly. Um, and then he says that Bo is all he's got left in his lineage. Which we, 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 I mean, we knew that, right? Well, I mean, oh, uh, but does that mean that uh, that Aoife is gone and done for now? Well, I don't know. I mean, we, I, I didn't think about that before until you just said it. But I'm like, if she's the last of his lineage, I mean, that's like, then that means that Aoife's dead, I guess, or that there's some, you know, something we don't know about her. Yeah. Um, all right. So back to you know, then we're back to Tamsin and Kenzie going through Trick's place. They find the uh, Japanese folding box uh, in the floorboards of his office. It opens on all sides, but the combinations are endless. So of course they get it open in you know a half an hour. Right. Okay. Well, probably less than that. Right? Yeah, probably less than that. But, but yeah, certainly uh, a lot shorter time than you would think something that had endless possibilities of combinations would take to to open right um and then we go back uh, ming asks trick what's the worst thing he's done and and we find out that he wrote rainer out of history he knows who the wanderer is and where he is now um trick tried to walk away from his past but the past always comes back and he's powerless to stop his nature so you know we, we find out What's the deal with Rainer? And, and I, I think my question, you know, did Rainer deserve Trick's curse or was Trick merely misusing his power? All right, so we go back and Tamsin's visions, right? They they write in, they, they finger paint in blood in Trick's book, right? And yeah. Then, and then like, like, and, or there's a big bow in there. Right. And, and Tamsin just kind of touches the page. And her fingers just kind of brush against the blood, and all of a sudden she's got these visions, right? Right. And and you know that awesome scene there on the field of battle. She wants to take the soul of a fallen warrior to Valhalla, but Trick, as Blood King, won't allow it. Correct. Right. And they go back and forth. She says that's her purpose, um, and he tells her if it wasn't written by me, then what importance could it have? Uh, Tamson tells him that you know he knows what will happen if she doesn't. He refers to her as a vulture, nothing more than carrion, and uh, you know the, this back and forth ensues. And um, you know, again, we learn we learn a lot about both of them. He comments on how bad she looks, tells her uh, she tells him that her lives are ending for good this time. And then we get into, and we've heard this before from her. You know, this regret that she's made so many mistakes, fears her soul's damned to hell. And then we get the, you know, the kind of the quintessential deal with the devil, right? He gets yeah. the, he gets the fallen warrior, so and the trick gets... can curse him for his defiance and his yeah. attempt to rewrite Trick's laws. And Tamsin has her fate rewritten, and she gets another shot. He gets another shot. So the question then comes, uh, you know, he's referring him to him as the uh, Rainer, the defiant one. What did he do? Yeah, he he yeah he rebelled against Trick, and you know it's funny because he says, um, for you know he he's punishing Rain for his defiance and his arrogance, and I mean you're talking about arrogance, like really Trick, right now? Okay, now he is the Blood King, and, and we True. understand but he's a very arrogant Blood King. That's just what I'm saying, right? And 
you know, I mean, again, literature is just, you know, peppered with kings that are are faced with, you know, similar type decisions, um, you know, whether in, in you know, something like, uh, you know, Antigone where Creon, you know, you know, is he just arrogant or, or does his edict that the, the one brother who's perceived as a traitor can't be buried? I mean, is that arrogance or is that, you know, trying to establish order in a kingdom? Sure. And obviously the answer to that question is, you know, yes. <laughs> but uh, the, well, the thing about Creon and, and how his situation is similar to this is that, yes, there is that aspect of I'm trying to maintain order. This is what needs to be done. But there's also the aspect that is once you transgress natural law and the, the laws of the gods, that's when you cross over from, you know, trying to be a good leader to, you know, being, you know, arrogant. You're setting yourself up, you know, against the gods. Creon's edict that uh, Ateocles be, uh, or Polynices, right? Which right, was the Polynices. That? Polynices, yeah. that he, he, his body be left to rot goes against all that is fundamental in, in that culture. Um, and the same thing of, of uh, Trick's decision to, you know, for Rainer's soul to not be let pass over to Valhalla goes against the basic kind of tenets and beliefs of the society. So Right. So I guess the question will be is you, when we find out or if we find out what exactly Rainer did, because... You know, did the punishment fit the crime? And, you know, I guess I think no, because by seeking to block this from his memory, doesn't that kind of imply that Trick instinctively knew that what he'd done to Rainer was wrong? Yeah, it, it's, it's certainly, yeah, I, I would agree with that 100% that, that I think Trick on some basic level knows that he really messed up doing what, with, with what he did. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm really liking where they're taking this episode. Uh, then, you know, we, we get Bo and Rainer at the end there holding hands. Did I see that wrong? Yes. No, no, you're, you're right. Well, she says he's, he's her destiny. Yeah. She's like, he's not my enemy. He's definitely not my father. He's my destiny. Right. So now is there going to be a romantic relationship between these two? Yeah, I mean, it seemed they certainly seem to imply yeah. and, that, and then you go back to the title, "Destiny's Child," and that just gets all kinds of icky and creepy. Yes, yes, you know? yeah. But like uh, you know, as I said earlier, this whole time the picture I have in my head of what this guy's going to look like is, you know, first of all, I did not see that one coming. Dressed, yeah, exactly. You know, I dressed first of all in the. The clothes from the cover of Frankenstein, right? Right. Well, I think we thought it would be somebody much older. Older, absolutely older, and much more imposing looking. And uh, then we get oh, I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, you know, it's he, he. He's Henry on, on Being Human, U.S. Being Human. He's he's a a vampire child of Aiden's, and he's in a lot of episodes, and he's a pretty awesome character. Uh, and then to see him, you're just like, hey, Henry is like, oh, wait, he's that's not who I thought the Wanderer would be. I thought the Wanderer would be some old dude who looked really mean and nasty, but it's like this kind of male model type dude. And, you know, 
Yeah. That's, now that. Well, I think you know a lot of these things that that come out of this episode that we're going to be left with a lot of coping that a lot of characters are going to have to go through. So, so for instance, you know, obviously with with Bo and Rainer, at least it appears there's a romantic entanglement about to ensue. So, how are Dyson and Lauren going to cope with that? But really, what I find more fascinating is how's Tamson going to cope with this deal with the devil that she made with Trick? Because while she well, may especially not, especially now that you know a devil has returned you know right and she may not remember it now in fact i think it's pretty obvious she does not remember it now but you know as she regains her memories you know what's she gonna do true yeah that, well, that's she's always been kind of the wild card you know yeah now once the truth comes out you know the, about trick you know, basically, uh, you know, keeping Rainer in limbo. Uh, how's everybody else going to view Trick? In, in fact, who is it that says don't trust Trick? Uh, Tamson says that. Tamson. Yeah, whatever you do, don't trust Trick. Um, so I I really see yeah. the the, the storyline going in some really interesting, you know, and our little group here is, is kind of fragmenting, it, it would seem. Now, we didn't have any hail this week, right? Um, no hail. He was yeah. in the previously on uh, Lost Girl bit, but... Yeah, that but that, that was it. Now, that was it. the other thing, once Trick gets back to his office and finds his book's been written in with his blood by Kenzie... Right. Yeah, I mean, there are certain things that can be overlooked. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. This seems pretty significant to me, and for him to just let that slide... I don't know. Yeah, especially with his new grumpy personality, you know that. Well, not new. I mean, this this is actually kind of the trick that we first saw in uh, the first season of Lost Girl. Uh, trick as the kind of a little bit of an a hole. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, so he's kind of getting back to his roots there. And uh, so if that's what where he's at now, he is certainly not going to be pleased about a uh, a human and a uh, low life uh you know rummaging through his uh his his stuff well yeah i mean and, and what could be more you know important significant whatever than his blood um you know and and again we go back to what did rainer the defiant one do well, we see what his punishment was for for defiance. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, if there's not a severe punishment for this, uh, I'm going to have a problem with that. Yeah, you you might have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I because I don't like, especially when you think there's only like four episodes left in this season. Ken, so for, Kenzie cannot be punished. I understand. For, right. Exactly. And, and for them to impose something drastic at this point, I mean. Could it happen? Sure. You know, at, at this point, really, anything could happen. But w I would have my reservations about that. Now, now you actually. know, when they were writing in the blood, you know, in, in terms of the editing of the episode, it kept going back and forth. It seemed like the train was shaking. I mean, did, did you notice that? I mean, is there any kind of connection between the book and the train? I'm, I'm trying. I think when I when I rewatched it. I think I might have, yes, there's like at least one scene where they're writing in the book and then, yeah, I I, I think so. But uh, Or is it just 
I, I, I can't remember if it was that or if that was just like it cuts the train because Bo's just landing on the train. It's just kind of like, okay. uh, but all right. Well, sure. well, talking about Bo landing on the train, and obviously we we've you know talked about Bo and Rainer a little bit already. You know, but but he takes off the welder's mask, and again, it's that she says, "Well, not really what I was expecting." You know, that whole thing. I didn't see that coming. Not really what I was expecting. So there were a lot of, you know, those thematic ideas in this episode. But then she says, I knew you'd come for me. I- I'm sorry. He says, I knew you'd right. come for me. Right. Right. Um, and Which then, she explains at the end that she made herself dark in order to, so that she would come back to break the curse. Right. And then they do the, uh, I don't know, the hand on the shoulder glowing thing together. Right. Yeah. That was weird, huh? Yeah. So... I don't know, whatever, but clearly there's some sort of connection. Um, yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and she tells Trick that she, you know, that she wanted to break Rainer's curse, free him from the train. He's not my enemy. He's definitely not my father. And as you mentioned already, he's my destiny. And takes his hand, and that's how the episode ends. So, yeah, I don't know. it's funny like we were talking at work and and my first reaction after the first viewing was you know i i I think i liked it and you know you would ask me about the ending and i couldn't remember so i i don't know if i dozed off or whatever but uh you know the second viewing i i really liked it a very strong episode yeah i thought it was a great episode uh you know really really liked it um and again you know how they're using for the third episode of the road this kind of unique it's more linear narrative but not so much the procedural now you know um the, you know there wasn't any kind of crime there wasn't any police work really it was just Bo says take me to him and they took him to him you know yeah, yeah. dyson and lawrence say we're gonna go find her and they go and found her you know uh kenzie and uh Tams say we're gonna find the blood they found the blood you know there wasn't all this whole you know going different places and figuring out little bits of the time. Uh, but yet the, what we've gotten is like really kind of big pieces of the puzzle, which, you know, you've been saying, we've both been saying for um, quite a few weeks now, we've been waiting for them to start, you know, answering some of the bigger questions and they, they're finally starting to do that a little bit. Well, anyway, uh, anything else you want to say about this episode? I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. It's a good episode. Yeah. Liked it. Gosh, we're pretty concise tonight. Uh, yeah. You know, now the one thing uh, I would have I meant to mention at the beginning, the I finally got to the end and finished all five seasons of Andromeda, and in the two-part series finale, who's one of the major characters? Emmanuel Vaugier. Oh Ev- yeah. Evany the Morgan. Oh, that's one. That was another thing about the crows. Is that the. I mentioned that the crows, like there's, um, mythologically they are, oh, in Irish mythology, crows are associated with the Morrigan. Oh, okay. The goddess of war of death. I saw oh. that too. So that is something. So anyway, sorry about that. Just, and actually now, now there was one other thing I mentioned because, um, you know, like at two different times, uh, like she says, uh, well, the one time Bo says to Dyson and Lauren, um, I think she says, I love you both. Uh, when she, yeah, when she, she's leaving with, the, with, uh, Hugin and then later she blows a kiss and says, catch lover. And she kind of blows it towards both and they argue about who was. So, um, 
you know, kind of some more of this, you know, the, as we were talking about before, kind of like this strange kind of, not so much a triangle so much, but, you know, where she's kind of in love with both Dyson and Lauren, and that's, everyone just seems to be kind of cool with it like that. Yeah. All right. Um, not to uh, get away too much from your point and get back to my point about the okay. Emmanuel Vaugier being in the, fi- yes. the fin- two-part series finale of Andromeda. You know who else was in it was Maria Hill. I don't, I don't know who that the is. The Avengers. Do you know who Kobe Smulders is, the actress? Uh, you, you don't watch uh, How I Met My Mother, How I Met Your Mother, or How I Met no. Somebody's Mother. Well, anyway, you know, the <laughs> how dark, I met the, my mother, the dark haired girl. I, I don't remember how I met my mother, but I think she's you know, in I, charge of, uh, <laughs> I guess it's shield. Oh, her. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right, the dark haired girl. Yes, right. yes. Yes. So yes, she yes. was, she was in the two part finale as well. So, all right. Hey, do you want to throw out, uh, the idea we had for what we're going to do after, uh, season four ends? Uh, are we going to watch uh, talk about Birds of Prey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's kind of what we've been talking about. That uh, uh, if you don't know the series, and and again, it, it seems to be a series that ended before its time. It lasted only one season, thirteen episodes, and, and basically, it takes place in New Gotham City. Batman has basically disappeared. Batman's left the building, and the ladies take over and why do we pick, you know, certainly it's, we like the comic book theme, supernatural, sci-fi, whatever. But one of the stars, Rachel Scarston, also one of my favorites, Dina Meyer and Ashley Scott as well. So, uh, you know, I've seen the pilot and that's all. And you haven't seen any of it. Right? I haven't seen any of it. Yet. And I, I definitely like the pilot. Obviously, there's the Lost Girl tie-in with uh, uh, Rachel Scarston. So you know, if you guys uh, have seen it, great. If you haven't seen it, you might start, uh, you know, scouring the internet, scouring your uh, DVD stores, and try to get yourself a copy or access it somehow because uh, obviously we're still a few months away from doing that but you know i I think we're pretty certain we're gonna give that one a shot yeah we got got nothing better to do no exactly (laughs) exactly so all right well you can drop us a line at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com check out the website fatalist.podbean.com uh send us a voicemail and uh, continue to follow us on Twitter, uh, Facebook. You know, we keep telling you that, but, uh, you know, eventually. And continue to access us through iTunes. So, until next time. Some call it hell. Some in other worlds, I call it France. <laughs>